Bibles, if you would, and turn to Genesis chapter 16. Well, we're going into the 27th year of me being hanging around, being a pastor. And hopefully we'll have a, a good year. When I look into the Word of God and I see men like Abraham and his wife Sarah, and I see the he was known for his walk of faith and he was known for his belief and trust and worship of God. But then I also realize that when you read a chapter like this, we're not reading about a lost man. We're not reading about uh, a, a man that didn't love God, but he made a major mistake. I want you to look at it with me. He and Sarah, beginning with verse 1. But Sarah, Abraham's wife, had no children. So Sarah took her servant and an Egyptian woman and named Hagar and gave her to Abraham so he could bear his children. The Lord has kept me from having any children. And Sarah said to Abraham, Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children with, through her. And Abraham agreed. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened ten years after Abraham first arrived in the land, land of Canaan. So Abraham slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. When Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Then Sarah said to Abraham, it's all your fault. Now, this servant of mine is pregnant, and she despises me. And though I myself gave her the privilege of sleeping with you, it sounds like a soap opera, don't it? The Lord will make you pay for doing this to me. Abraham replied, since she is your servant, you may deal with her as you see fit. So Sarah treated her harshly, and Hagar ran away. Then the angel of the Lord found Hagar besides a desert spring along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, she replied. Then the angel of the Lord said, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. The angel added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. The angel also said, you are now with child and will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard about your misery. This son of yours will be a wild one, free and untamed as a wild donkey. He will be against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live at odds with the rest of his brothers. Thereafter, Hagar referred to the Lord who had spoken to her as the God who sees me. For she said, I have seen the one who sees me. Later, that well was known as Bel-Lahore, that's the best I can do with it. And it can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abraham a son, and Abraham named him Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old. At the time. You know, we look at that story and we say, golly, that, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. 
That's kind of a bizarre incident. Well, we say that, but then we're fixing to go into a new year. And, and I began to, I asked my wife, we were talking about this, what are some of the traditions that we hold to and, and weird stuff that we do as we go into an, a new year? And, and, you know, some of you, you, you do some weird stuff. And, and you got traditions and, and superstitions, and, and you, then you won't turn and blame it, on and, and blame it on somebody else or blame it on God, or and this is why I do what I do. Uh, I happened to Google the 10 top New Year traditions and superstitions, and starting with number 10, uh, number 10 was fireworks. Boy, we sound hard up, don't we? Like we're having extreme problems, but, you know, I, I happen to, I, I, I have to confess, one of my private sins is I love fireworks, and I can't believe it's legal. Y'all tell me it's legal. I hear it's legal, but I still can't believe it's legal because all these years, it's been illegal. I can't believe that I got fireworks that, uh, under my garage right now that come New Year's night, I'm going to be able to shoot off. I guarantee if I do it, I'm going to get in trouble. I just don't believe that it's legal yet. It's just over my head. The ninth is making resolutions, New Year resolutions. Some of you do that like, I'm going to lose weight. Yeah, right. I'm going to start an exercising plan. Well, go ahead. But you you get into something like that, and and then before long, you've done been sidetracked by something else. The eighth one was paying off your debt. And by the way, the Bible does teach us that we need to get out of debt. That's just a biblical teaching. Number seven, kiss, kissing at midnight. You ever wonder why you did that? Well, I'm not going to tell you why. But my wife, she knows me well enough to know it's a good thing I kiss other than midnight or she'd never get a kiss because it's tough for me to stay up at midnight. I'll try Singing the song, and, and, and I can't pronounce this. I'll just be honest with you. All lang line, sign. I know the song, but that, it, and it's a, it's a Scottish-type poem. Anyway, number five, the first footer. You know what a footer is at New Year's? It's where someone says it's considered good luck. First of all, I'm going to tell you real quick. I don't believe in good luck, and I don't believe in bad luck. I don't believe in that. I believe in the blessings of God and the burdens we go through. If you believe in luck, I probably ain't going to change your, your belief today. I just don't. But it's considered one of these New Year's superstitions and traditions. If, if uh, the first person that should cross over your threshold ought to be a man. Now, I don't know why, but they said... It's even better if he's tall and good looking. I'll shoot him if he comes. Oh, anyway, I... number four, nothing should leave your house on New Year's Day. Boy, and I don't that side sidetrack you a little bit. Can't go nowhere. And nothing should go out of your house. Number three, lay low and do nothing. I have a feeling some of you are going to do that anyway. Number two, eat, 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 and eat. I can tell. 
Number one, what you do on New Year's Day, you'll do all year long. Now that, and then we say, I read you a biblical story, and we say, that's weird. In Tennessee, and I'm sure in West Virginia and every other backwood place, they say that if you wash your clothes on New Year's Day, that you're going to wash some of your family members all out. Well, don't do that. But do wash clothes. Someone said if you wash clothes on New Year's, you'll be doing that the rest of the year. I hope so. You'd stink if you didn't. Well, we got to have our black-eyed peas and collard greens. And my, you know what my mom used to do? It kind of worried me. She would put a, a nickel and wrap it up in aluminum foil and cook it in the cabbage. I was worried about poisoning of some sort on that. And we say, that's weird. I guarantee you, you all got some. You've already practiced things that are more weird than what I've mentioned. I don't want to hear about them. But I'll tell you this. What I'm going to tell you that some of you are going to do in this New Year's is not weird. But it's the same thing Abraham and Sarah were guilty of. We're going to look at that. You see, when it comes to 2016, it's coming whether we like it or not. Hopefully, everybody will make it through the threshold. But there's a chance some of you might not. That's happened before. But one thing is for sure. Whether we have tough times, tragic times, whether they're triumphal times, you and I need to be found faithful following God's plan. God does have a plan. And guess what? It's so simple that you even have one for your life. And you say, well, I don't know what it is. It ain't my fault that you don't know what your plan is in following God. For now going in 27 years, I know what my plan is. And it isn't my plan. It's God's plan for my life. I have no doubt what that is. It's not going to be easy. And sometimes I just... Because of what we're going to be talking about this morning, it gets difficult with each year. But in following God's plan, I can tell you most likely everybody in this house has a number one problem of America, and that is you are impatient. How many of you, when you go to McDonald's, get in the fast lane and order by your car? Or through your car. You know, you know why you do that? Because you're impatient. You don't want to take the time to go in, to sit down. You'll get your food quicker by going in inside. But you're in a hurry. I guarantee you when you use rice, you use minute rice. Everybody wants a microwave in your house. Why? Because you want it quick. Here lately, I've been going to, ever so often to Mammy's food line and get me a, 
a cup of coffee with cream and sugar and a country ham biscuit. Oh, my Lord. That's heavenly. Six cars is a 20-minute wait. After six, you're out on 278, the one on the other side of town. But I'll sit there 20 minutes for a five-minute delicacy as it goes down. What's taking so long? Why are we like that? Because we're impatient. We're kind of like the school teacher. Had 32 kids. And it came to the end of the, the day, and, and, and that, that teacher had to put 32 sets. It had rained all about like we were seeing it, and, and their, their galoshes, their rubber boots were, had to be put on. And, and, and all 32, she began, and she got down to the 32 one. 30-second one. <laughs> the end. She took that boot and she struggled and she strained and she pulled and she tugged and she grunted and she groaned and finally she got it on. Fastened the buckle. That little girl looked at that teacher and said, you know what? She said, what? She said, those aren't my galoshes. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. She again began to struggle and strain and pull and tugged and groaned and grunted and glistened with sweat. She yanked them galoshes off that little girl's feet. And just at that moment, that little girl finally looked at the teacher and said, they're my sisters. She let me wear them today. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you something. Some of us have situations right now going on in our life that we're contemplating murder versus need, needed patience. Haven't you had certain things go on in your life that you just wanted to take your hands and remake somebody and have the power to put them on the wheels of Jeremiah and form them again into another person? I think that's kind of what somewhat we're seeing going on with Sarah and Abraham because there's a, there's a whole lot of issues going on in that story I read. Proverbs 16.32 tells us it's better to be patient than powerful. It's better to have self-control than to conquer a city. <laughs> you know, being patient waiting on God's time It's not easy, is it? It's just not easy. God promised Abraham and his generation that his generation would be great. And to his descendants, he would give land to the son that Abraham and Sarah would bore. Problem was, Abraham couldn't get it done because he didn't have a son. So all of a sudden... We come into verse 1 and 2. Sarah, just as frustrated as Abraham, what are we going to do? Which leads me to my first point, and that is, I guarantee you already, some of you, if not all of you, are take, going to take 
problems that test your patience, you're going to take 2015 problem and you're going to drag it in with you in 2016. Am I right? Some of you already know it. You don't have to tell me that I'm preaching right at you. I know you are people, and I is one myself, and I got problems. Lord of mercy, my grandkids in the earlier service, they had all kind of problems. One couldn't open their milk. The other one wanted a dollar. The other one wanted, and they had some serious problems now. Unfortunately, some of your problems are more deeper than that. Just like Sarah and Abraham. And then Hagar got brought in the situation. Abraham wanted a son more than anything in the world. And Sarah was frustrated beyond words of her inability to give him one. And you add to that a slave girl and a legal loophole and a worldly reasoning, and the, ro- the result was sin of entanglement. For over 4,000 years, because of the mistake that Abraham and Sarah made, a man that loved God, that followed God, that trusted God, he made a mistake. Now, when I say those things, Am I okay in our mistakes? Absolutely not. Don't you dare walk out of here and say that because Abraham and Sarah made a mistake, it's okay for me to make a mistake. No, because our mistakes do affect other people. And I'm not saying that. What I am saying, while Abraham was known for his faith, And he loved God. There's some of you going to take some problems that you're hanging on to. And I'm telling you what you're going to do with them. You're going to make some mistakes. If you don't treat those problems right. If you don't handle those problems right. They're going to come back. Just as it came back. On Abraham. And Sarah. And by the way. We're facing some of their consequences today on TV. Tell you about that in a minute. You see the heart of the promise that God made to Abraham and Bob the son. And if his seed was to be as the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea, there had to be a son. So Sarah gets this bright idea. I'm going to work it out for God. That's the first mistake. You don't work out nothing for God. You hear me? If God's got issues, you let God work out the issues. Don't you take what his plan is in your hand and create your own plan. Don't do that. It just proves that we are impatient. Sarah came up with what she thought was an ideal plan. What was that? The legal loophole I was telling you about was in that day it was okay for her maidservant, which was an Egyptian, to be given to Abraham to marry and to bear a child. I thank God we don't have those legal loopholes going on today. You look at the facts, Mike. 
Sarah was too old to have a baby. That's right. Look at the facts, Mike. She had never even had children. That's right. Look at the facts, Mike. As far as her mind was concerned, she was never going to have a child. That's right. But what did God say? You're going to get a child. You remember reading in the Old Testament when the two angels were coming and they stopped and told Abraham about the promised child? What did Sarah do? (laughs) She laughed about it. Well, the truth of it is we today have a very common problem that Abraham and Sarah faced. And that common problem is not being very patient, not being willing to wait on God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's some things that here at Solid Rock as the pastor for, that that I've been here for 27 years, and and, and it just seems slow to me. Can you tell I'm a little bit impatient? I get that way. Sometimes I get privately, and I just pitch a fit privately. That's how me and God, sometimes I have to pray. God, you got to take me the way I am. Let me pitch my fit, and then I'll listen. Now, you all so spiritually and pious sitting there that you ain't pitching no fit. Let me ask, where's your husband at? Where's your wife? Oh, no, where's your kids? Well... You see, unfortunately, we all have this tendency in, the, in the, the run of things to make mistakes as far as waiting on God. Now, listen. 27 years ago, I said, okay, God. I have to remind myself, and, and I, let me remind myself, and you just listen. I said, now, God. I don't know how you're going to do all this. And I really don't know up to this point other than he just blessed us how we've got this far. Not with this dumb country bumpkin. And I can say that. You can't. Don't you go and put it on Facebook. Preach said he dumb fun. Don't you do that. Matter of fact, I was talking to a preacher the other day, yesterday. I won't tell you who he is. But he was saying, you know, my church just brags about our church on Facebook. I said, by golly, I wish ours did. Y'all brag on your grandkids? You look at funny pictures of me and my wife out. How, can, well, how did I get? I got one. I was on the beach. I plumb embarrassed. I saw that myself. I needed to wait. I need to be in an exercise program. Boy, I look at Why don't we brag about Jesus on Facebook? Y'all ask a bunch of questions on Facebook. You can tell I'm a fan of Facebook, can't you? I just love it. Oh, yeah. Y'all have turned me, not y'all, but some have turned me against it. I, I tell you what, let me challenge you. Let me, give you. let me give you something to do this next year with Facebook, if you got it. Brag on Jesus. And you know what? Don't brag on people. But I don't think there's anything wrong with Solid Rock. Y'all some good folk. 
that preacher told me that they just brag on their church. You know what? Why can't we? I don't get it. Why are we so negative that we only want to talk about the bad stuff in our world? Why don't we talk about the good stuff? Just a thought. There was this first grade teacher, or, or first, little first grader who was so curious why her daddy always brought home a home uh, a briefcase full of papers every evening. Her mother tried to explain to him, Daddy has so much to do during the day, he can't finish all his work in the office, and so he has to bring work home at night. And all of a sudden, the little girl asked very innocently, said, Well, why don't they put Daddy in a slower group? <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I need to be put in a slower group. Put me and Jason together, we'll get all kind. We need slow. Think slow. Because why? Because we're biting at the bit. But you know what? Abraham and Sarah were biting at the bits. Why? They wanted a son. They wanted to see the child of promise. And they decided they'd come up with their own plan. How many of you have done that? Did it work for you? <laughs> A lot of our plans don't work so good. You say, well, Mike, what do I need to do? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get on your knees as you go into this new year and say, God, if I don't know your plan, would you please give me your plan for my life? And let me be about that plan. Let me be serious about that plan. Let me be praying about that plan and involved in that plan. Working for Jesus. Someone said that patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Seldom found in a woman, never found in a man. We see that in Sarah. In Abraham. I think it's interesting. When we look at problems, but then also we see that there's something else you're going to carry over. And that is people will try your patience. People will. Y'all believe that? Mm, 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 my, 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 my. I can almost hear the thoughts of some of you that have issues and they're considered problems with people. And you know what you're going to do with that? You're going to carry it right over into the new year. I was looking for my Kleenex around. No, but here's something you know what you do with the people to keep from carrying over every year the same junk you dealt with last year you know what you do with it don't hurt the people pray for the people but let me tell you what you got to do you got to take this and this represents 
the people. And you got to put it in your hand, just like that. Now, what I'm talking about is the problem you're having with that person. You got me? Now, I don't believe there's anybody. Is there anybody in here that you just had never had any problem with anybody? I mean, you just, okay. Oh, come on. Get off it. Get real. We all have people, and some people are easier to work with than others. Some people want to be hard to work with because they get attention. And then others, maybe having a bad day or maybe having problems or whatever it is. But human beings, let me just tell you this. When I was talking to that preacher, he said, Mike, the church I'm past, I've taken as pastor, he ain't been there long. He said, they've run off the last three preachers in a, in a small amount of years. And I said, really? He said, yeah. And he said, they decided to do a survey on the church. And what the church decided before they called another preacher is to go to those 15 troublemakers. And they just said, look, for the last three preachers, you've had a problem. We want you to get it right. We want you to either get right. I won't finish the rest. Well, 12 of those 15 couldn't handle it. Oh, they could gish it out. They just couldn't take it. And so they took flight. That's right. Wee. Well, three of them stayed, according to this preacher. And they're already kicking up their heels. Do, do you understand people? I told a preacher one time, I said, you know, pastoring a church would be the most wonderful job on the face of this earth if it wasn't for people. <laughs> but what would you pastor if you didn't have any people? Here's what you do with problems. You got to do this. If you don't, it's going to eat your lunch. And I probably, in 2013, you'll be dealing with it and you'll carry it over to 2017. Here's what you got to do with that problem of that person. You got to do this right here. Let it go and walk away from it. You got to release it. Because if you don't release it, you won't let it go. You hear me? You didn't, and I don't want you to hurt that person. Don't do that. Just let it go, whatever the problem is. Because the only one going to hang on to it and eat your lunch is you. Got to let it go. And I promise you, you'll be a whole lot freer. I can tell right now, some of you say, I don't like that advice one bit. <laughs> well, you're probably like the person who has the feeling of patience that said, patience is the ability to idle your motor when you feel like stripping your gears. You just want to strip your gears. You end up heart trouble too. High blood. Patience, for those that 
like to be angry. And I'm telling you, there's sometimes you need to be angry. But let me tell you the right kind of anger. The right kind of anger is when you're slow to anger and you're quick to what? Get rid of it. I guarantee you there's people in this house that you're carrying maybe something all the way from 2014. And you won't let go of it. Wrong kind of anger. You're quick to get angry, but slow to get rid of it. You see, the people issue that Sarah felt caused all kind of family problems. Hagar, when she got with child, she got a real prideful and she put it in Sarah's face. <laughs> you can't have a child, but I can't. Sarah got mad. And then Abraham sitting there in the middle. What am I going to do now? Sarah's mad. Hagar's mad. Abraham's upset. Sound like a hilly billy hoedown meeting to me. Everybody's mad. You know what I have noticed about that, though? When people are all mad about the same thing, that ain't nothing but a fleshed-out plan. You hear me? That's not a faith plan. It's not a faith principle. If everybody in God's green earth is mad, it's, a fe- it's, it's most likely a fleshed-out principle. Nobody got mad about Isaac. They just jumped ahead, took things in their own hands. Hey, look, we're not supposed to do that. We'll be studying come Wednesday. Some of Damascus Road, we've been studying this already about whipping your giant. Some of you got so many things in your life. It's ridiculous. And you're not going to walk tall and, and walk strong. You're going you're gonna to fail like Hagar. You're going to fail like Abraham. You're going to fail like Sarah if you don't learn to get some control in those areas. And know that you've got the power in Jesus to walk in victory. Remember what I told you about the future problems? Where does ISIS and the Taliban and Islam and radical Islam come from? Where does the Arab nation come from? And it came and started in the bedroom with Abraham and Hagar. How about that? You don't tell me that there's not consequences for our mess-ups and our mistakes. And yeah, you're going to make them. The third thing is that promises will test your patience. The angel of the Lord, verse 10, said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, and thou shalt not be numbered for the multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and thou shalt bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael. 
Why, it's true. Ishmael was a wild man, and his hand will be against every man. And this is prophecy, and every man's hand will be against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brothers. But the promise was 10 years or so plus later. Abraham now is 100 years old. Ishmael was 86 when he was born. Abraham now 100. Sarah 90 are with child. Let me tell you something. God knew what he was doing. You want to know why? He didn't want anybody getting credit for that but him. Just him. He wanted God to be glorified. God's plan was substituted with man's poor attempt when Sarah decided to plan to do what she did not trust God to do. And we're paying for that yet today. Two principles are going on. A flesh principle, what's that mean? You're going to do what you want to do, help yourself. It'll play out after a while, help yourself. But then there's a faith principle. And that is, if you're going to follow God's plan for your life, first of all, you know what you've got to do? Hello, wake up. You've got to know what that plan is. And you got to know that God has a plan specially designed for you. Isn't that cool? It's for you. And that's your obligation. Why are you here? To be His witness to a lost world with what He's given you to serve the community, to serve the people. You could say that God puts you here, not only for a reason, to be salt to this community. How can we be salt to a community we don't even know what the needs are? How? Isaac, born through promise. Ishmael, a self-plan. You know what some of you need to do? Because you carried this problem with people. And God wants to use you because he's made a promise. Now to me, some of you may think this is just junk, but I don't. I spent many a time at this altar in 27 years, but at other altars of other churches of where I had to do this. If you don't think preachers don't get their feelings hurt, (laughs) you're crazy. This one does. I just try not to show it. But let me tell you how I have to deal with it. I got to do this. I got to do that no matter who it is. And love everybody. Just love people. If you don't love people, you're going to be one miserable person. If you're the one that wants to take up arms and cause division and cause, uh, cause walls between people, you got a problem. you got a real problem. The cool thing about it is, 
Sarah looked at Abraham and said, and some of you doing the same thing, Abraham, this is your problem. Now, he could have said, now, wait a minute. I didn't come up with that dumb plan. You did. Don't matter. Your fault. That goes all the way back to Genesis 3, don't it? (laughs) Adam said, it's that woman you made for me. The woman said, it's the serpent. When are we going to stop that and just accept our wrong? And realize that if we're ever going to expect anybody ever to forgive us, we got to do what? We got to forgive others and drop it. Pop. Would you stand with?